Welcome to your daily jab of truth. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. Let me come down. I'm going to punch him out. If I'm going to punch him out, I'm going to go to jail. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. The MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. North is still north. People can yell at you. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth, excellence, and optimism for America. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to be with you. You know, moments before we took the air today, uh, something came across our social media feeds. And, uh, and it's entitled Horrifying. And it's video taken ostensibly, it says, at the University of Pennsylvania. University of Pennsylvania is a great school. So I thought. My sister went to Penn. I visited. It's a beautiful place. But there's something going on, not just at Penn, but other schools. And it's bubbling to the surface and it's about to come to a head. And it's a, little, it's a little scary. This is what the video is of. It is students chanting out at Penn, we want Jewish genocide. We want Jewish genocide. Can you even fathom that? Can, can you fathom that people are saying that? All are welcome here. Hey, come join my club, right? Oh, I'm an activist. I believe in equality. No, I believe in extra. I'm a malignant 'er ne'er-do-well. And I'm going to chant, we want Jewish genocide. Okay. Claimed all Israelis massacred by Hamas on October 7th were legitimate targets of resistance. What What are you doing, Penn? Well, that's free speech. Well, now, if a student wanted to get out and say on the steps of the student union or whatever the quad area is, there's usually some central nervous system at most, most universities, right? And they wanted to talk about Donald Trump and they wanted to talk about MAGA and they wanted to talk about conservatism and they wanted to talk about traditional family values or they wanted to talk about their feelings about the sanctity of life or even worse in their mind, they wanted to talk about God. About the division, about the divorce, in this, in this world, from faith, from worship, from values, from all these things that logical people hold dear, I guarantee you the, the thought police at Penn would be out like white on rice saying, you know what, got to pull the plug on this. The same way that, what, Penn State pulled the plug on Riley Gaines, calling her a bigot because she believes that men should compete against men and women should compete against women because in today's crazy town USA, that's actionable. 
Those are threatening words. How dare you say such terrible things? Now, look, I've got five sons. I have no daughters. I couldn't buy an X chromosome. If I did, oh, man, I'd be fired up, especially if she was unlike I am and was athletic, right? And went to college and was competing in some homer, decided to go swim or fence or, or shoot hoops or, or kick soccer balls with them. What? Bigots. Racists. Shut them down. But at the University of Pennsylvania, you can say, hey, you know what? Death to all Jews. Uh, I'm sitting here not surprised. We saw this. These seeds were planted long ago. These seeds were planted well before I went to college in 1988. I know you're surprised that I went to school that long ago. I appreciate that. Thank you. How's this? Wall Street Journal opinion piece. This is what it's entitled. Don't hire my anti-Semitic law students. Wait, what? Would your clients want an attorney who condones hatred and monstrous crimes? Let me put on my glasses for this one. This is written by a gentleman named Stephen Davidoff Solomon. This is what he says. I teach corporate law at the University of California, Berkeley, and I'm an advisor to the Jewish Law Students Association. My students are largely engaged and well-prepared, and I regularly recommend them to legal employers. But if you don't want to hire people who advocate hate and practice discrimination, do not hire some of my students. Anti-Semitic conduct is nothing new on university campuses, including here at Berkeley. Last year, Berkeley's law students for justice in Palestine. Why do you have to have that? Like, literally, what would be the club that would entice you to join? Now, if it was me, I'd be all about the let's go taste lots of hoppy, hazy beers club. I'd be like, I'm the president of that club. Brock is the vice. Okay, let's go. But there's a law students for justice in Palestine. Look, if that's what you're doing here in the United States, pack up. Go, go there. Go there. This is, this is not what you're there for. This is exactly the condition that higher education creates, right? And then you take a generation of bubble-wrapped, participation trophy-receiving young adults who, who snivel and think that they deserve $100,000 a year starting salaries with three weeks of paid vacation and a stacked 401k with full medical and dental and, and vision. This is where we are. Somebody needed to tell these people, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're really not special. You're really not. I think my kids are special. I love them. In the realm of the universe of people, are my kids the best people ever? No. How do you even gauge that? I've never even said that to my kids. Right? You're fallible. You're going to make mistakes. Try to make mistakes that aren't forever. So he continues, last year, Berkeley's Law Students for Justice in Palestine and other student groups, it, this is ridiculous, asked other student groups to adopt a bylaw that banned supporters of Israel from speaking at events. It excluded any speaker who, quote, expressed and continued to hold views of host, sponsor, or promote events in support of Zionism the apartheid state of Israel 
and the occupation of Palestine. Well, that's fantastic. We want to shut down anybody from speaking. Boy, that sounds so inclusive and, I don't know, like tender and kind and giving and warm. (sighs) Wow. Is this gross or what? Nine student groups adopted the bylaw. Signers included the Middle Eastern and North African Law Students Association. The Queer Caucus. I mean, for all the love in the world. The Queer Caucus. Oh my gosh. I hope they have sweatshirts, right? Look at me. We are laughing at you because it is a joke. Nobody cares. Stop thinking that we do. Stop acting like Newt Gingrich and all these other blowhards who just are so desperate for their egos to be on TV or to find a position in the world and act like they matter. For heaven's sakes, what's wrong with just being a good person? What's wrong with taking your activism and shoving it in a very special and warm spot, right? And just being a good lawyer. Do you want an activist lawyer? Hell no. Do you want an activist judge? Ask Donald Trump about that. Hell no. We are creating a generation of existential suck. And then we're surprised when these worlds collide on campus. What? There was a skirmish at Columbia where they had to shut the school down to outside visitors to the public. Why? Because there were competing groups who probably were all part of the same clubs before. Are you part of the queer caucus? I am too. Wait a minute. You're a Jew? Death to you! Do you think these people acknowledge the the blatant hypocrisy? Like, they pretend to, to be one thing, and of course are something entirely different, and the danger is... They fail upwards into positions of increased suckery that makes America awful. This is the whole reason why MAGA is a thing. Because we believe in great, not just for my white, Catholic, male family, But for yours, whether you're black or Jewish or Asian or Hispanic or gay or what have you, because making America great again is about all of us. You people who hide under the umbrella of inclusion and diversity and equity and, you know, what environmental social governance BS, Gladhandery, you're all about fissuring into your own little club. I want my club. See, we have 450 clubs on campus, which means your campus does not galvanize an idea of we. It is all sorts of factions, us against them. This is what's being taught on campus from your what activist professors. How refreshing that this gentleman from Berkeley is saying, don't hire my sucky students. Because they're going to be the ones that drag down your company. You don't want them. They're the ones everybody hate. Right? I'm just getting started. You can tell this is personal, right? I got a kid in college, one who just graduated, three on the way. 
It's important. And we'll continue right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Now, this is astonishing to me. There, there is a there is a tacit approval of crazy, chaotic madness on the left. On the left, you can lie and you can allege that you don't know what a woman is, right? And then you can ascend into the highest reaches of our country and be a Supreme Court justice, right? I, I, I can't define that word. What? It's so idiotic. I, I'm done being angry about it because it's idiotic. You can defend all crazy, all sorts of crazy that men shouldn't compete against women, that all this stuff should happen, that this is the new way, that abortion is, is health care, that it's life-changing medicine, that it's a right. Come on. It's not about equal. It's about extra. They get tacit approval. The government gives them breaks, right? Because that's what they're about. Madness and mayhem. The media cover for them. But when you have a professor who grabs a microphone and calls the Hamas terror attack against Israel exhilarating and energizing, do you guys think that that's okay? Because according to Cornell, while the president and the board of trustees say, yeah, you know, I don't know if we would have said that. Fire him! Energizing? What? All right, so here's what you got to hear. Here's uh, that's three years and five seconds that I just dropped on you. Cornell professor Russell Rickford calling Hamas the attack exhilarating and this tepid response saying, well, we're going to monitor the situation. Hopefully he doesn't do it again. If I said something like I hate Democrats down with liberals, they'd be like tar her, feather her, send her in the gulag. She had to be around the Capitol on January 6th. Find out. Send her away. This is this professor. Here is a professor at Cornell speaking to an audience of students. Fantastic. Go. Even as horrific acts were being carried out, many of which we would not learn about until later, there are many Gazans of goodwill, many Palestinians conscious, who abhor violence, as do you, as do I, who abhor the targeting of civilians, as do you, as do I, who were able to breathe. They were able to breathe for the first time in years. It was exhilarating. What? Look. I don't know if I would, no, I know I would never believe in something that made excuses for and celebrated the slaughter of anybody. That's just off the charts. And we wonder when our kids come home from college and they're like, guess what I learned? And you're like, say what? Hamas has shifted the balance of power. Hamas has punctured the illusion of invincibility. That's what they've done, said Professor Rickford. 
at a rally on Sunday. You don't have to be a Hamas supporter to recognize that. Hamas has changed the terms of debate. Israeli officials are right, he said. Nothing will be the same again. Hamas has challenged the monopoly of violence. Oh, it's going to, we're going to see who can be more gruesome, who can be more disgusting, because, you know, we, we didn't think that that Fauci doing experiments on, on foster kids in New York was freaking disgusting enough? We didn't think the, the Tuskegee experiments and, and foisting upon black people sexually transmitted diseases was, was disgusting enough? Well, we don't think advocating for, for infanticide and saying, ah, you know, whatever. Whenever you want to have an abortion, you know, you do you. Okay. That's not bad enough. We call it exhilarating. I, I, and the response from Cornell, right? The response from Cornell. Let me see if I could forward ahead to this. Here we go. This is from the, the Board of Trustees Chair Craig Kaiser. We learned yesterday of comments that Professor Russell Rickford made over the weekend at an off-campus rally, off-campus, okay, but still, where he described the Hamas terror attacks as exhilarating. This is a reprehensible comment that demonstrates no regard whatsoever for humanity. As we've said, endorsed by senior leadership of the Board of Trustees, any members of our community who've made such statements do not speak for Cornell. In fact, they speak in direct opposition to all we stand for. Trust us, right? Right. The university is taking this incident seriously and is currently reviewing it consistent with our procedures. Like hell you are! You weak, weak liberal leaders at these schools. You've created the Petri dish of crazy. And then when it blossoms, you're like, well, I mean, like, I don't believe that. What the heck is going on, friends? Buckle up. We got another half hour. Election subversion next. So while all of this, this tumult, all of this crazy is going on in the world, as our students are, you know, trying to destroy each other, calling for the 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 murder of uh, of people that they disagree with. I mean, like, where are we morally? It's just so it's so disappointing. And it's so disappointing as a mom to see what's going on, because I think my sons are screwed. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are going to find a lady out there because they're all probably wacko leftists. Run for the hills. It's OK. Whatever. This is why I teach them how to cook and sew and all this stuff, right? And iron. This whole thing with Donald Trump, though. This menagerie of lawsuits, of ridiculosity. As though we're all paying attention like, oh, what kind of evidence did they present? Oh, I'm going to channel my inner Neil Cavuto. Well, all 91 counts can't be wrong, can they? Yeah, Neil. Wake up, dude. We're all paying attention to what's going on. They've been after Donald Trump for seven years. Duh. So all of a sudden, the judge in the case, this hack McHackmore, has ruled with her, you know, magic wand of, of tyranny. Thou shalt not speak about any of this. Think, think about. Think about putting a gag order on a person who has been mercilessly accused, right, of everything under the sun. 
He's been accused of sexual assault more than a dozen times, right? How did that work? He's been accused of being a Russian agent. They had to spy pretty hard, ladies and gentlemen. What a bummer. Can you imagine being the team who was working with Hillary, right? And wiretapping his computer and his phones at Trump Tower and otherwise in the Oval Office. Can you imagine running interference to go in there and make sure that Donald Trump was being spied upon only to find out that he isn't really all that interesting in that regard and you got nothing? So they had to create it, right? Put together this dossier. Make it sound kind of kind of believable. I mean, sure, the whole had hookers pee on him and a bed that Obama slept in might be weird, but ah, why not? We'll see if people are paying attention. So this judge, in this case, his election subversion case, because in the United States of America today, in the year 2023, you're not allowed to say, I feel uncomfortable about something. I feel uncomfortable about that, that jab. I'd like to see the trial data. You're a vaccine denier. Ah, anti-vaxxer. You're as bad as RFK Jr., the freak. No, I, I just don't trust anybody because you guys lie all the time and suck. So can you show me what you know about this, about this vaccine that you're pushing on everybody? Because if they'd shown us, you guys wouldn't have gotten it, right? Can't say that. Not allowed to say that. Well, you know, I went to bed in Pennsylvania and Donald Trump was up mightily. And then all of a sudden uh, I wake up and he's lost by 80,555 votes against a dude who's a washed up zero serial liar who's used family tragedy as the platform of his political identity since 1973. And we're supposed to believe, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. This huge wave of people just showed up and voted for Joe Biden. I mean, it's so weird. And it didn't just happen here. Like, it happened all over the place. Like, really important places where it never happened before. I know we got more votes than the uh, first black president. But, uh, you know, hope and change. Part two or three. Right? You're not allowed to say that. So the judge in this case goes, you're not allowed to talk. You know who will be allowed to talk? Jack Smith, the lunatic who's prosecuting this, right, who's chasing around all of these bogus leads to create the illusion that Donald Trump is somehow an insurrectionist, that he incited the overthrow, the attempted overthrow of our democracy. Meanwhile, they do this every single day in Congress. They overthrow your wishes. They thwart your desires. They vote for stuff like $100 billion to go to Ukraine and to go to Israel, And maybe we'll throw a few bones at the southern border. Just a little bit, though. And you're supposed to like it. I found this article from The Federalist. This is written by a guy who is not a Trump supporter by any stretch of the imagination. And this is what he says. You can hate Trump all you like. The gag order is still wrong. What are you afraid of? What is the uniparty swamp? What is this this machination of suck that's ruining our country? What are they afraid of? They're afraid of honesty. They're afraid of transparency. They're afraid to show you the tapes of January 6th. They're afraid to have bipartisan commissions. They're afraid to let the evidence get out there to the effect that they will and did withhold from people like Jacob Chansley exculpatory evidence that suggested he didn't do what he was found guilty of doing. And again, like like the people, civilians in war, well, meh. it's collateral damage. Sucks for them. 
We're doing it for the greater good. No, you're gross. And at its very base level, that is what this fight in the House of Representatives is all about. You've got the lockstep, all is good, when you guys know all is not good, all isn't even remotely good, the Democrats will lie to you and tell you. The economy is strong. Inflation's down. Gas prices are down. Remember us. We're great. They'll lie to your face every single day because it's who they are. The people fighting for Jim Jordan are fighting for actual change. They are fighting for what we believe in in this country. Look, if you're going to take my taxes, you damn well better represent my values. And these people haven't been. Here's your article from The Federalist. This week, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, boy, is she a piece of work, overseeing United States versus Donald Trump issued a gag order prohibiting a leading presidential candidate, Donald Trump, from engaging in speech aimed at, quote, government staff, among others, during his trial. So the article says this. Look, I understand the disdain some conservatives feel for the former president, the author says. I don't. I don't. What kind of disdain do you have? I don't like what he says. Do you like his policies? Did you like your life from 2017 until the beginning of 2021, by and large? Did you like your your tax bill? Did you like your bank account? Did you like your security and your safety? Did you feel like we weren't riding on crazy train? Did you believe that if somebody committed a crime against you, there was at least a skosh, a scintilla of a fraction of a figment of a thought that they could be held responsible and be put away? And now what we have is we have this whatever, let people do whatever they want. There are no consequences for action. And so people walk in with their backpack to Rite Aid and they go and they take everything off the shelves, put it in the bag. And the people who work at Rite Aid are not allowed to retaliate. How did we hear about that first? Oh, that's right. That was after George Floyd and all of the people in Black Lives Matter, another organization of suck that's done nothing to do anything because it's communist. They allowed protesters to do whatever the hell they want. Freaking Chris Cuomo. When he was then employed at CNN, made up lies, uh, mostly peaceful protests, as buildings are like <laughs> behind him, right? And police were told to, told to stand down. We saw police get water dumped on their head. We, ha- we saw them getting pelted by rocks. Don't intervene. And now we're, we're scratching our heads like, this is so weird. We've got this like safety issue in this country with all these weird people I've never seen before uh, showing up in my neighborhood. And all of them seem to have Palestinian flags. How's that possible? It's by design, of course, all by design. And what is the antidote to that? What is the kryptonite of suck? Honesty. Truth. You know what we're taught in kindergarten. Tell the truth. It's hard to tell the truth. You don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to look bad. You don't want to make people angry. You don't want to feel like you've let people down. These people are world-class liars. And so this judge in this case says, you know what? You're not allowed to talk about what you know regarding election malfeasance. Because we're not going to let any of these cases go to trial. 
We're going to just brush this under the rug as though it never happened, even though a lion's share of people polled say they know things went squirrely, to put it nicely, on November 3rd of 2020. But you're going to gag a president and you're going to let Jack Smith go leak whatever nonsense he wants to leak to the New York Times or to Axios or to feckless hacks at CNN or to some ne'er-do-well at MSNBC, right? That's okay. Well, even according to this gentleman who's writing this article who doesn't like Donald Trump says, pay attention. This ain't America. If you're cheering on a judge who's inhibiting political speech on rickety grounds, you are no friend of democracy or the Constitution. No, duh. Mr. Trump may still vigorously seek public support as a presidential candidate, debate policies and people related to that candidacy, criticize the current administration, and assert his belief that this prosecution is politically motivated, Chutkin explained. But those critical First Amendment freedoms do not allow him to launch a pretrial smear campaign against participating government staff, their families, and foreseeable witnesses. Now, who is she to dictate the contours of a presidential candidate's political speech? Who decides? That's allowed. That's not. You can, you can protest on your college campus, right? And you can say, death to all Jews. And we'll say, well, I kind of wish they didn't, but that's First Amendment. But over here at Penn State, you can allege that Riley Gaines is a bigot, which isn't even the right word for it. This is the quality of higher education hacks we have these days. She's a bigot because she speaks the truth about biology and science. We're supposed to trust the science, right? Do you see the two sides of this? Of course you do. It's such garbage. We do not have a two-tiered system of justice in this country, says Merrick Garland. Not one for Republicans and for Democrats. Not one for the rich and for the poor. Right? Of course we do. And you have to be either living under a rock or be a member on the left of Congress and not see it. Facts. So the lib of the week Oh, this is a good one. We believe that we need to give back to you. And so finding triggered leftists who say dumb things is just, it's low-hanging fruit, I know, but it's so worth it. Don't miss it, because it's next. You know, preemptively suggesting that without gagging him, Trump will engage in some kind of a smear campaign, not only is prejudicial to the case... It's totally ridiculous. It's like the case of the January 6th defendant who was sentenced to time. Is this Kelly Meggs? Maybe it might have been. Who was sentenced to time. Not because of what he did on January 6th, but what he could have done. What? Are these the products of the Berkeley Law School for Palestine? Right? What are we doing? And so, of course, Donald Trump says, look, I'm being unfairly railroaded here. This is unfair. Everybody knows it's unfair. And then he says something that's pretty cool. And I want you to hear it. Go ahead. They think the only way they can catch me is to stop me from speaking. They want to take away my voice. And a judge uh, gave a gag order today. Did you hear that on speech? 
which I believe is totally unconstitutional what she did. A judge gave a gag order. A judge doesn't like me too much. Her whole life is not liking me. But uh, she gave a gag order. You know what a gag order is? You can't speak badly about your opponent. But this is weaponry all being done because Joe Biden is losing the election and losing very, very badly to all of us in the polls. He's losing badly. But what they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to become a democracy again. I mean, it's it can make you profoundly sad, which is why you need the lib of the week. I mean, it's clear. Time now for the Wendy Bell Radio Programs. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Liberal of the week. I don't know about you guys. I love as a former television news reporter and anchor for many, many, many years. I used to get the assignments where the man on the street interview was required. A lot of people don't like walking up to strangers and being like, hey, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? And I was like, whatever, that's fine. And I had a knack for it. And so people would come over and talk to me. I am magnetic. And I'd ask him whatever the story was, blah, blah, blah. So the man on the street style for me, I think is fantastic. So you have a guy, I don't know his name, whatever. He's going up to random people. He's not asking them, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? But it's an environment in which young people are. And he's going to ask him a series of questions that are very basic. It's like Jay Leno when he used to show pictures of, of prominent people, of folks on the street. Who's this? And they're like, right? And what? Are you living under a rock? Well, this might be a punch in the eye to the quality of education these days. Enjoy, my friends. Do you know how many stars there are on the U.S. flag? 52. Yes. What state is Utah in? Michigan. Yes. Do you know what state Utah is in? Utah, I, to be honest with you, I never heard of that place ever in my life. I live under a rock. Can you name three countries besides the USA? I suck at history. I was like, my worst subject. Can we do like science? <laughs> no, no. Any three. Any three. You know this. A country? Oh yeah. my jeez. This is terrible. Oh my god. Um, a country. What, besides the US? Yeah. Huh? Ah! I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. Alright, right, it's I fine. I can't do history. I can't. Do you know how many dimes there are in the dollar? <laughs> Make up one dollar. A dime is the 10 cent or the 5 cent? You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Can you name three countries besides the USA? Um. Damn. Any three. You know this. Canada? New Mexico. Right? That's good? Yeah. Damn, I need one more. <laughs> uh. Yeah. yeah, so you got Canada, New Mexico, and what? Damn. I need to go back to school. Do you know how many states there are in total in the U.S.? A hundred. How many continents are there? Three. Continents? Yeah. Yes. Do you know what two countries border the U.S.? So bordered? 
Yeah, like on the borders. It's the only border that I know is Puerto Rico and Mexico. Yes, who fought in the Civil War? Mm, I don't know. You talking about pres president-wise? No, the people. Who against who? I don't know that one. I know it had to do like what with France or France and I don't know the other one. France and who? You're close. Um, France and the British are the same thing, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> damn, I don't know. Who did they fight against? Us? Yes. Oh, my heavens. So, so there you go. So when we sit back and, and we scratch our heads and we see young people who are so quick to get on a bandwagon wave of a movement of a something or other, and we're like, what are you doing? Well, now you know. Just fail them along. Remember, the lion's share of public school students in Chicago and in the Twin Cities and in Baltimore can't read at grade level, let alone do math. So let's just kick the can down the road, let them fail into the next person's lap. Sort of like pushing a budget down the road with a continuing resolution to a giant overpacked, unnecessary, unaffordable, crippling financially omnibus bill. And there you go, my friends. We've solved America's problems. You're welcome. Hey, have a great day, everybody. Great to be with you. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.